Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we are so close. But Lord, sometimes it feels like we're so far away. We pray that as we continue in this Advent season, as we continue in this time of waiting, you you heighten the anticipation in our lives so that we may fully receive the message of the birth of Christ and then share that message with others. So God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. You know, I hate waiting. I really do. Waiting is just one of the hardest things in the world for me to do. And and I, I think one of the times where waiting really is anticipated is during this season right now. During this Advent season, you, know, you, see, you hear all of the, the commercials, you see all the decorations, and there, there, there's a sense or a feeling that you go, why can't it just happen? Why, why can't we just be in Christmas time? I saw a, uh, a, a, a pastoral bingo card for Advent uh, looking online. And, and one of the things that, you know, that I always hear, because I know, I know I'm a stickler for this, is that during the season of Advent, we don't really sing any Christmas hymns or Christmas carols until about the third Sunday of Advent. That, that's when I like to do that because it, it heightens the anticipation. But I always hear, how come we're not singing Christmas songs yet? I say, well, because we're waiting. We, we have this moment of anticipation. We're, we're waiting because we know the event is something that we wait for. It's something that we, we long for, the, the story of, of, of Jesus being born. But, but one of the things that we do when we wait, we, we do turn to stories. We, we do share memories and everything. And I wanted to share with you a, a family memory of mine for the, uh, my mom's side of the family, the Bell side of the family, is one that whenever we get together, mostly for holidays, and we don't really do that anymore since, you know, mom and dad are gone and, and families are spread out all over the place, but there was a story that happened when, when my, um, one of my cousins, John Mark, he was mid-elementary school age. I, I can't remember exactly what grade he was, but he thought it would be a, a great idea to bring one of those cap guns into my mom and dad's house. And then he would use that cap gun inside the house. And my mom, my mom would warn him and say, you do not shoot your cap gun in the house. He would shoot it and she would, you know, you could see her, her temperature just, just, just get a little bit more and more boiling over as he would shoot it over the house. Finally, she gave a final warning to him, said, you will not shoot your gun in my house 
again. And then that, that scared John Mark. John Mark knew he was not going to shoot that gun again in the house. Well, unfortunately, John Mark was sitting next to my Uncle Jim, my, my mom's middle brother. My mom was the oldest and Uncle Jim, and Uncle Jim has this wild streak about him, and, and he'll do whatever he wants. And so he looks over at John Mark and he says, I bet you anything that if I shoot your cap gun, you are the one that's going to get in trouble. <laughs> and John Mark looked at him and said, no, there's no way in the world. If you shoot that gun, you're the one who's going to get in trouble. No, no, I guarantee you. If I shoot your cap gun, you are the one who's going to get in trouble. And so John Mark said, do it. Not, not knowing that Uncle Jim had something going on in his mind. So Uncle Jim grabbed the gun, he shot it, and then immediately threw it into John Mark's lap. <laughs> Mom was in the kitchen getting everything ready for a Christmas meal and everything, and she comes barreling into the living room, and she had that mom look on her face, or, or auntie look, as my, my cousins would say, and she just ripped right into John Mark because the gun was in his lap, and John Mark just lost it. He was just crying all over the place, and then everybody else in the room was laughing, and that just, that just got mom even more mad and more upset. How dare you laugh at him and encourage him and everything? And then John Mark's like, but, but, but Auntie, it was Uncle Jim that did it. It was Uncle Jim that did it. And finally, after she calmed down and everybody stopped laughing, she got after Uncle Jim for firing the gun. And John Mark looked at him and said, see, I told you you would get in trouble. And John Mark was, and Uncle Jim was like, well, you got in trouble too. But then it doesn't stop there. <laughs> My dad is sitting in his recliner, and he called John Mark over and said, come over here and bring your gun. And he gave my dad the gun, and my dad looked at my mom, held the gun up in the air, and boom, just fired it off. And my cousin, John Mark, his eyes got real big. <gasps> Uncle Glenn's going to get in trouble. And mom just sat there, I can't do anything. This is his house, too. He can do whatever he wants. But, you know, it's just, just that memory. And just that story that, that, that we share every time. And I'm sure you may have stories, not, not shooting cap guns off in your house, but I'm sure if you think you have those stories that, that you like to share about your family when, when you all get together to, to remember a time where, or, where you were together and you shared in the holiday season together. Today we're concluding our Advent series talking about how Jesus came from a story. And this is a story that has been shared even before Jesus was even born. The story was being shared. The story was something that was important to uh, the people of Israel. It was important to the New Testament church. And it's even important uh, to us today that we continue to tell this story because it plays an important part of, of, of who we are and, and whose we are. You know, if we, we take a look at, at Scripture, it's so easy to, to, to grab our Bibles and to say, well, well, well we read this all the time, and we, we read through it, and we know all the stories, but, but there was a time where, where that wasn't possible. There was a time when, when things were not written down, but, but the stories were told just like the story of John Mark and, and mom with the, the cap gun. It was just told as a memory as what was happening. And, and that's what scripture was all about. 
scripture was, was shared verbally to, to help people to remember the story that was about. Uh, one of the greatest examples that I saw of that was a movie back in 2005 called The Nativity Story. And this was a story that was uh, in movie theaters and it talked about the, the nativity and it talked about Mary's journey from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem to, to visit Elizabeth. And as she was there, Elizabeth was herself telling a story. And the story that she was sharing was a story about Elijah. After uh, Jezebel threatened to kill Elijah, he took off to Mount Horab and, and he was up there on the cliff in a cave and, and God came by and uh, Elijah was waiting for God and there was this earthquake and there was a fire and there, there were all of these things and God wasn't in any of those things, but it was in a still small voice. And I remember watching this movie and the scene take, take place that Elizabeth started to tell the story and then Mary joined and tell him the story. And I realized, you know, that, that's what should be happening in our churches. Yes, we should open up the scriptures and we should read that, but, but we should be taking the time to share the story with others and how that story is important to us and how that story lives inside of us. Our scripture for today is another one of those parts that, that continues the story. Or, or, or shares the story, and it's, it's in a part of a song that, that we attribute to Mary that she sang as she found out that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. Mary, in her song, continues and shares a story of her people, but it's a story that is of her people of the past, but of the people of her time, but also the people who are here today. So I invite you to follow along as we Listen to this song called the Magnificat from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. Hear the word of the Lord. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, so the one thing that I see as we, we continue to think about the story of Jesus is that it is a, a covenantal story. And what I mean by a covenantal story, it is a story that, that helps when, when two people or, or groups of people make a bond together by, by laying out a promise to one another. It, it, it's a story that, that reminds us that, that God has been active from the beginning of time up until now, and, and he has given a promise to us. 
And sometimes it's easy for us to, just to, to live in today and, and understand and to know that promise is for us, but, but we forget that that promise is a promise that, that extends way back to the beginning of time. The beginning of 2022, we, we started out the year with a series on covenants. And we talked about the different covenants that God had set up with, with humankind from the beginning of time until the, the new covenant that we are living in right now. Remember, we, we talked about creation. And, and that creational covenant that God made with, with Adam and Eve was, was one that, that called Adam and Eve God's people. And then Adam and Eve broke that covenant with their work and what they did in the garden by, by taking the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and it, it broke that covenant, separating the relationship between God and humankind. But, but then God just didn't just put Adam and Eve aside. He, he started a rescue mission right there. He started a rescue mission saying, I want to call my people back, even though they, they may be far from, from, from what it is that I originally created them to be, I want them to know me as their God and as their friend. So as the world got, got worse and worse, he, he looked and he found a guy by the name of Noah. And he established a covenant with him that, that, that he would no longer destroy the world like he did through the flood, but that, that Noah would be God's people. And, and he would establish this new covenant to, to help them thrive and to help them grow. And then a little bit later, he established a new covenant with Abraham as he moved him from Ur all the way to, to what's now is Israel and said, this is the land that I'm going to give you and your descendants. You, you will live here, and you will grow here, and you will, you will thrive here as long as you follow me. And then later, he establishes a covenant with, with Jacob and calls him Israel and, and says that you will be my people, and, and I will always be with you. And then later a covenant with David as he was king, saying that you're, from your line someone will come that will save all of humanity. And we know that person that came from the line of David is Jesus. And through the new covenant that he gave to remind us that we are forgiven of our sins when we call upon the name of the Lord. And we are given life and life everlasting because of Jesus' birth, teaching, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. And all of those things are connected together because you can't just separate one part of the covenant and, and, and throw that out and only live on one part of it. We, we must realize that, that throughout all of Scripture and throughout all of time, God continues to draw God's people to him. It's important to remember that because of the promises of God, not just to a people, not just to us, but to all of humankind. We've been doing a study by Dan Wilt uh, during the uh, Sunday school hour, and today during the study he talked about remembering that the promises that, that God has given us isn't just a promise for Christians, 
It isn't just a promise for, for Jewish people, but it is a promise for all of humankind, whether they believe in Jesus Christ now or not. But it's a call to, to bring you to the Father through the Son and allow His grace and mercy to, to guide us and to lead us, to, to make us one again. When we hear Mary's song, we hear this story being renewed over and over again. We remember it's a story of a people. It helps us to see that the Christmas story isn't just supposed to be here for us in the sanctuary or, or we really even any church that's here in the United States, but it is a story that belongs to all of humanity. See, Mary gives us these words if we look at our scripture at about the beginning or the end of verse 48, when we hear uh, Mary say, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary at this time, she, she's setting the stage for us. She's setting the stage for us and reminding us that, that this birth of Jesus being born in Bethlehem is an event that extends on. It's an event that, that, that will continue to live, it will continue to grow, that will continue to, to be important for generations to come. But see, Mary also knows that it's not just for the generations to come, but it's God already being active and alive in the world before us. Because then she continues to say, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. I, I love the, the past tense here. It's reminding us that, that God has been active from the beginning of time, and God will continue to be active even when we're gone. Even when we have, have passed from this earth, God will continue to be active and alive in the world, and God will never abandon his people. I think one of the things that has been lost is that we forget to tell the story. I think one of the things that is lost is that, that, that we, we love to, to get everything all decorated up and we get all things planned and everything to go, but once Christmas is over, we, we stop telling the story. We stop reminding people of God's love for them. But it is important to tell the story because the world needs to know of God's love for them. Even when we may feel like the world doesn't want to hear from us, the world needs to know that the covenant story that we're talking about today is not just a covenant story for the church, but it is our own personal covenant story. The work of sharing the covenant story is to all of humankind is made even more difficult when we don't see the covenant story in our own story. We have to remember that, that we are not the originators of this covenant, but it is something that God has continued to build day after day, year after year. This, this promise that God continues to woo us, to, to have us to, to live in the love that he has for us, and he wants us to have the opportunity to say yes to his love for us. There's an author that I grew up uh, in my young adulthood 
reading and, and listening to by the name of Brennan Manning. And, and Brennan Manning, he uh, was asked this question about what do you think God will be asking us when we go and stand before his throne after we pass from this life? And Brennan Manning answered, I am now utterly convinced that on Judgment Day, the Lord Jesus is going to ask each one of us one question and only one question. Did you believe that I loved you? That I desired you? That I waited for you day after day? That I longed to hear the sound of your voice? See, that's the question that Jesus asked us. Did you believe that I loved you? Did you believe that I desired you, that, that I wanted you, that, that I desired to have a relationship with you? A God who is far off and is distant and, and kind of looks down on humanity is not the God that we worship. The God that we worship came down from heaven to experience life like, like we have experienced has given us the opportunity to, to say yes to the grace and the love that he has provided for us. The God who has brought light from the darkness so that we may see and to know that whatever happens, the light that comes from Christ will not be overcome. But to hear more of that story, We'll have to see you here on Saturday at 7 o'clock or 11 for our Christmas Eve services. Let us pray. Dear God, you have given us life and life abundantly. And Lord, we know waiting is hard. Waiting can be difficult. But we know that as we wait for you, you meet us in our waiting. You draw us closer to you so that we may see that the covenant that was started so long ago and the covenants that were built by your people is the covenant that we live under and made full through the covenant through Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us as we begin to uh, move towards the end of this season. Help us to see that your love is new every morning and that you guide us to live faithfully in that love, to be the light that you have given us. And so, Lord, we lift this prayer up to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.